You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. Today is Wednesday, October the 21st. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So today's show is going to be just a complete uh, reaction, recap of the 2020 World Series game number one, but things happen and it's a good thing. So we'll also be talking about a couple of different rumors and, and reports uh, from the Cardinals, talking about Carlos Martinez and Yadier Molina. Um, and we'll also be talking about Rob Manfred and how unfortunate of a commissioner that he is. I'll start off with, with World Series prediction. Uh, not prediction, rather. Uh, World Series reaction. Um, it was it was a, not, not a bloodbath, not, not, a, not a complete beatdown, but the, uh, the Dodgers definitely did, did cruise in game one. And I'm a big believer in the fact that game one is the most important game in a series. Talking about getting off on the right foot and kind of showcasing what you can do in a series. And the, and the Dodgers showcase that they showcase that their offense is here to play. That it is not here to mess around Bellinger and Betts each with home runs. Turner had a double and just good situational hitting in the fourth and fifth, along with the big blast as well uh, in the fourth and sixth by Bellinger and Betts. And, Playoff Kershaw didn't show up. Credit to him. It, uh, um, Kershaw really, really impressed over six innings. Struck out eight. Tampa Bay Devil Rays, just the two hits, one home run. He walked one. So when you look at Clayton Kershaw, the only really negative you can talk about when, you, when you're looking at his legacy is that postseason. Uh, the, the idea of, of, of playoff Kershaw, if you will, with the start yesterday uh, in 12 career Postseason starts in ERA of 4.22. 29 of those games are starts for him. 183 innings, 201 strikeouts. I think he's five away from being the all-time leader in that category with 1.07 WHIP. Um, and those would be like you know somewhat respectable numbers when you look at it. Um, and I'm, I'm very apologetic. I, I, I misspoke. He has 12 wins and 12 losses in 36 games and 29 starts. That was my fault. 12 wins, 12 losses, and 29 starts. Uh, 36 games overall uh, for his. I mean, those would be decently respectable numbers, so so. But not when you're looking at a guy like Kershaw. Not when you're looking at a guy with 175 career wins and 354 career starts, 2.43 ERA, 2,500 punchouts, just a whip at one. So um, the, the 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 legacy of, of postseason Kershaw is is really. Uh, tarnishing his legacy, and I don't—I don't think that it's one of those things that's going to keep him out of Cooperstown at all. I think that Cooperstown is a is an easy check, easy first ballot Hall of Famer for me for Kershaw. But I think that the postseason blunders really do hurt when you're looking at top pitchers of all time. Because for me, when you, when you're looking at a top pitcher of all time, you've got to look at those postseason numbers because that's when when the lights shine the brightest. That's when you look at guys like. Bob Gibson, guys like John Smoltz, whether you like him in the booth or not, you can argue that he was not a good postseason pitcher. Guys like Jack Morris, I think that was a big reason for him getting a Hall of Fame. Guys, uh, more recently, when you look at people like Madison Bumgarner going on, on such an incredible World Series run, uh, postseason run. So when, when you look at a legacy of a guy, it, you really look at the big moments of when they stood up. 
uh, and, and Kershaw stood up in, in the game one start and really set the tone early, got out of an early jam and just shut down this Rays lineup. Uh, Tampa Bay was able to, to, sh- to scrap, to scrape and claw for three runs there. Arena struggled for the first game in what seems like ever. He was over three with a walk and a punch out. And then Tyler Glass now continues to to be mediocre at best in the postseason. He, he looked like he was cruising there for a little bit, but he, he lost his second game of this postseason. He's 2-2 two and two now in five starts. And for his career, his postseason ERA is 6.46. I say mediocre as in his total career numbers, uh, 4.43 overall, 15 and 18, 90 starts. Or 90 games, rather, 51 starts for the right-hander. Uh, but, but in the postseason, his stuff has been there. I don't argue that, but the results have been nowhere near there. Uh, at all for his career, he's two and four with a six four six ERA and seven starts, thirty innings pitch, forty one punchouts, and a whip of one and a half. So, playoff glass now is almost <laughs> what what showed up yesterday. He, he really ran ran out of steam late. He gave up six runs in four and a third innings were his final run, but he struck out eight. So that shows you that that the stuff, the capability to be a, a big game pitcher, or at least to be a really good pitcher, is there for Tyler Glass now. Uh, but I just don't think that uh, he's been able to put it together. Be- beyond him, Yarborough pitched two-thirds of an inning, Fleming two- two-thirds, and Curtis finished it out with, with a punch out. Uh, but-, but this Dodgers team, man, really, really came to play. Game two uh, is to- is tonight. I'm recording Tuesday night, but it is tonight whenever you'll be listening to this on Wednesday. Blake Snell versus uh, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, 26 years old. He pitched pretty well in game seven of the NLCS. Um, I think it'll be a really good matchup. And I, I think that b- because of... Losing game one. Because the Dodgers lost game one, or excuse me, because the Rays lost game one, this is going to be a must win for Tampa Bay. That's how you have to treat it. You have Blake Snell on the mound, who, who's really good this year in the postseason, 2-2 two and two with the ERA 3.2, 19 punch outs. Tampa Rays must look at this game as a must win. They just have to. With how powerful this Dodger lineup is, the longer this series goes, the less of a an advantage the Rays have. They got to look at game two as a must-win game for them because if they don't lose, if they don't win tonight, then the rest of the series looks awfully gloomy going down 2-0 to a powerhouse of the Dodgers. So for me, it's a must-win game for Tampa Bay, and it all starts with Blake Snell. And I think he has the ability to get the job done, but but we still have to uh, ha- have the game played, and I really think that if they're going to win game two, it's going to be on the shoulders of Blake Snell. Uh, so so that, there's my uh, my game one recap or reaction, if you will. And I, I still think it'll be the Dodgers. And if they win tonight with, with it being uh, taking a 2-0 commanding, lead, I'd, 2-0 commanding lead, I don't think that this series goes seven. I really, really don't. I think that if the Rays want this want this to go any longer than five or six, really anything, long, anything longer than five, they're going to have to win game two. And it'll, it'll all come down tonight. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I'll save all the Cardinal stuff for, for the next segment of the show. I'll talk about the idea of Yadier Molina wanting a two-year contract, the idea of, of sh- uh, shuffling around Carlos Martinez. Uh, I just want to spend a, a couple minutes here um, on Rob Manfred. I don't think he's liked by anybody except for the billionaire owners. He came out in an AP interview yesterday talking about how he likes the expanded postseason format, wants that to stay, and he wants the, the runner on second base to stay. I was okay with the expanded playoff format for 2020. I was even somewhat okay with runner on second base for 2020. That cannot continue 
in 2021. If you want to expand the playoffs, it cannot be this format. I, I don't like it when you have teams that are sub-500 getting in. Sure, it might change when you go back to 162 games, but I just think you, you ruin the importance of the playoffs when you let half the league in. Or over half the league, you have eight teams represented from each league. That's 16 out of 30. Last time I checked, that's more than half. No other league has that many people in it, to, to my knowledge. The playoffs have to be a selective thing. I loved, I like the wild card round. I think the wild card round is good, but it, it can't be second place teams, everybody makes it plus an additional wild card. The, the wild card round, when you look at the elimination, the point of that was to put more pressure on winning the division to ease your way into the postseason. And, and it did that. There's so much pressure to win that division to stay out of that single elimination game. Keep that in there. That's fine. Runner on second base to start an extra inning. I get that it speeds up the game or has the, the capability to. It, fo- it puts pressure on the defense and all these different things. To be frank, I just don't care. It, 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 it's one of those things. Baseball is so beautiful because of a, it not having a clock, in my opinion. I'm a traditionalist. Probably not, not many people at my age are going to agree with, with, with this, but you can't tamper with the game too much, especially for somebody who really only cares about the money. The reason that I think that I can't stand Manfred so much is because when the, the, the owners and the players and everything were trying to work out a deal and Manfred only caring about the money. The baseball was, took the longest to get back, and it wasn't even due to COVID concerns. It was due to the money, and Manfred started that with siding with the, with the billionaires. I don't think very many players like him. I really don't think many fans like him. Rob Manfred, especially coming off a guy who is so... You know, to my knowledge or to, to my memory of him, so beloved like Bud Selig was, I just, I just, it's so unfortunate for the game of baseball to have such an evil villain, um, evil, evil villain uh, mantra about the commissioner and just such a hated commissioner. And it's unfortunate. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I really don't like being negative. I don't think being negative gets us to plenty places, but there are times where we just got to rant. And I think that that was my little two minute rant on, on Rob Manfred there. I uh, don't like the idea of an expanded postseason. Cannot stand the idea of a runner on second base to start extra innings. It ruins the game, in my opinion. And that's all I'm going to say on Rob Manfred. Built Bar is new and improved and even more delicious than before. 18 amazing flavors. They have six new ones. My favorite one being cookies and cream. Some of my favorites from the 12 originals are raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate orange, and coconut. These bars are covered 100% in chocolate, so that means that me and my sweet tooth love these things. They're soft and easy to chew, and above all, they are extremely healthy despite being covered in chocolate. They, you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. These bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and if you're on it, it's great for the keto diet. I'm not on any special diet, but I'm just like anybody else wants to stay as healthy as I can while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are a great way to do that. Right now, you can get a free cooler with your purchase of Built Bar while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com for a chance to get your free cooler, and you can also use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order by using promo code LOCKEDON. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Tomorrow's show on, on Thursday will be a reaction to Game 2. Uh, might do some more evaluations, but I also might just hold off on those until the postseason ends. Uh, but and if, if more Cardinal news breaks, I'll be sure to discuss that as I'm about to do right now. But um, 
Yeah, so be sure to follow me on Twitter, LJ Fastball, the show on Instagram and Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show, LockedOnCards at gmail.com for anything you want me to talk about, any any takes you want me to talk about, any deals you want me to look at, I might look into doing that, but I'll be sure to keep you guys updated. But in terms of the Cardinal news or the, the Cardinal reports that I will talk about, um, it, it was reported by Derek Gould in an interview posted on St. Louis Post-Dispatch. A couple of different things that, that caught my eye and that, that caught a lot of people's eyes. Um... There are reports that Molina, Yadier Molina wants a two-year deal, and there are reports that the Cardinals are going to be looking at shipping Carlos Martinez. I've got some responses on Instagram I'll, I'll tell you about. I'll also give you my thoughts. We're going to start with the Molina deal, um, uh, just, just because uh, uh, just, that's what I'm going to choose to start with. My shield get to choose what, what, what to try to start with. Um, pretty much everybody who responded to my Instagram thing said that they wanted to keep Molina. Had a couple of conversations with some of you who, who DM'd me as well on LO underscore Cardinals saying uh, Matt was one of them that I had a little bit of conversation with him talking about how the Molina deal needs to be, be team-friendly and that it all depends on what they want to do in the offseason as well. Yadier Molina, I talked about it whenever I did um, off-season evaluations on the catching position. So much of the value that he brings is the intangible of it. Uh, The defense that he brings, the ability to to mentor a pitching staff, his relationships with the pitchers now. You think of guys like Genesis Cabrera, Alex Reyes, who can get kind of hyped up sometimes that just need a calming down to, or talking down to, or his relationship with with Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty even, uh, as well, the two of the aces of the staff. So I just think the intangibles that he brings there literally cannot be talked about on a statute. It can't be written down on a statute. That's just intangible um, things. But you do have to look at production, especially with this Cardinal team who's going to be struggling in offense. You, you've got to wonder, is Molina the best option offensively when you have a guy like Andrew Kisner in, in the, waiting in the wings who could be your next catcher for the foreseeable future with the Cardinals? But to me, like I've talked about, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but to me, when you look at Yadier Molina, you, you, you have to look past the stats. You have to look past that. You have to realize the intangible factor that he brings, the ability to mentor pitching staff, the ability um, to maneuver through certain situations. He's like having an extra coach. So to me, and, and not only that, but what he means to this team, what he means to this franchise, what he means to the city of St. Louis is really a big reason why you bring him back. Again, if he asks for a boatload of money, then you've got to say no, but... I mean, if he has, if he's willing to, to cut a deal for, for two years, maybe for, for $10 million a season, at, at what I would cap it at, preferably closer to, to five, six, seven range per season. But if he's asking for that for, for two years, you get to keep Molina, you get to make him a lifetime Cardinal, go for it. Molina means too much to the city to let him walk if he's going to ask for a reasonable deal. But I think it's got to be a reasonable deal to bring him back. And I say that just because of... The, the, the other moves you want to make around him, whether you want to sign a George Springer, whether you want to sign a Marcelo Zuna or a Jack Peterson or a Justin Turner. Maybe what the Cardinals might want to think about doing it is signing Molina, and because of you know losing that salary space a little bit, then they settle for a Jack Peterson, um, Tyler O'Neill platoon and left, Carlson to center, Bader's done, and then you, you, you move on to maybe signing a Justin Turner to a couple-year contract. He's a bit on the, the upper age side, um, but... I think that Justin Turner could be a good option, good option there. But again, it all depends on what the market's going to be for guys like um, guys like Springer and, and, and Turner as well. And 
It'll also depend on what kind of market you're going to get for Carlos Martinez because I had a response in my Instagram story uh, that said, give Molina the deal and ship Carlos out. And then another guy say they might try to package Martinez for an impact bat, and I agree with all of it. I think that it'll... These, all these moves depend on, on timing because if you can get Carlos Martinez in a deal to get an, an impact third baseman with, with keeping the salary kind of where it is, then you can afford to sign Molina and maybe a lesser addition in the outfield and platoon. Or maybe you use Martinez to, to trade for an outfielder that's on the market and then you sign a lesser impact bat, but still an impact bat at third base and you, you try and ship out Carpenter as well. But I think with these two reports, I think that they're both doable. I think that, I, and I honestly think, if I'm running the team, that both need to happen. They need to, to ship Martinez, give Molina the extension, but when they ship Martinez, they can't just ship him out for prospects. If you're going to give Martinez away or ship him out, you've got to bring back solid improvements offensively. The, the ceiling on Martinez is high, but I just think his time in St. Louis is done. I really think he needs a change of scenery, and it It'll work out for the St. Louis Cardinals if you can get an impact bat in exchange for Martinez. Maybe not one for one. Maybe you got to throw in another outfielder. you got to throw in a prospect. But you've got to get an impact bat if you're going to trade away Martinez. And I think that'll help bring back Molina if you can get if you can add the offense through a trade. It'll help bringing back Molina uh, with, a, with a signing and an, and an extension. So I think that both are durable. I hope both happen. I think both should happen if I'm running the team, but I'm not. But that's my take um, on the... On the, uh, on the on the on the two cardinal moves or two cardinal news breaks that happened yesterday. So that's all I got for today's show. Be sure to tune into Game Two tonight um, again between the Rays and the Dodgers. I think I saw a report that, uh, that the Game Seven, the National League Championship Series, was watched more than any of the NBA Finals games or something like that. So keep up the, the watching and <laughs> keep watching uh, baseball. It's a great sport. It's a wonderful thing. I love it. Uh, I cannot wait for the Cardinals to play again in 2021. But it's, until then, we'll, we'll stick to talking off-season news. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lucas Smith. Stay safe, stay well. Have a great day.